everybody. Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff, your absentee host for a while. Uh, last time I talked to you guys was when I recorded a little something about Avengers Endgame, which I never did get to go back and see a second time, but still sticks with me. So probably either going to find a uh, dollar theater maybe or just wait for it to hit digital and get it that way. I mean, that's how I ended up saying Infinity War about ten more times once it hit digital. So what's been going on? Uh, I've been busy with work, man, and just there's been a lot of things going on. Um, as you know, I've covered in the past that my fiance and I took new jobs a while back. I'm in Arizona working for that right now. Working towards... Later this year, relocating to Nevada, the Las Vegas or Henderson area, where they're opening a new office. So that's been putting a lot of uh, a lot of stress on us for a while. I had to let my parents know we're going to be moving out of state. She's told her mom. She still has to tell her dad. And yeah, so everything is going well so far with all of that. So we're finally going to be able to get that on track, and then Skewered Universe official podcast studio will be right in Las Vegas, Sin City, where there are whores and booze, gambling, hopefully no crazy motherfuckers shooting things up while we're there, but we're going to be off the strip. We're going to be more out in the Henderson area, so we should be good. And I was not making a joke with that. That's a serious thing. So I was not trying to be funny. I'm just saying I don't want to see that happen again. That was a tragedy. Anyway, moving on. I wanted to get something out to you guys because I haven't recorded in a while. And I've been sitting here watching uh, The Punisher, the final season on Netflix, which I guess is season two. But the show's been canceled. So I'm sitting here watching it, and it is – there's so – much good stuff in this show. Uh, John Bernthal as the Punisher is probably the best casting I've seen. Hands down, he's he is the Punisher. And this is coming from a guy who enjoyed the Thomas Jane Punisher several years back. I didn't see Punisher Warzone. It... <sighs> It seemed like they were going way too far into the comic book realm. Mind you, I love comics. I love comic book movies. But when you take it just a little bit too far, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. So maybe one day I'll sit down and watch it. I think it's in my voodoo library. I don't know. There's a couple thousand movies in there, lots of which I haven't seen. So, you know, one of these days I'll get through all that. So I don't really have a movie that I want to talk about. I mean, I did watch Wolf Cop twice recently. Once during the Joe Bob last drive-in when they had it on there, learning all sorts of cool shit about the movie. And then I watched it at home with my fiancé when I went back to California in May, around the time of my mom's birthday, and so we could kind of let everyone know what was going on moving to Las Vegas later this year, and all of that. She enjoyed it, thought the effects were good. 
<laughs> and I wish she was here to tell you guys how she felt because I'm uh, I'm not doing her thoughts justice. But she liked it all the way up until the end and was like, what? And there were certain things she was like, okay, no, no. There's a scene where when Lou Guru, and I'm just going to talk about this a little bit because I've seen the movie three times. I enjoy it. It is an independent Canadian masterpiece in my eyes. So he transforms into the wolf, werewolf, wolf cop. He has his his squad car, and, you know, shit's going on, blah, blah, blah. He decides on a whim to trick out his ride for the wolf cop mobile, or whatever you want to call it. There just happens to be a body shop right there, and she was like, nope, I call it bullshit. Meanwhile, me, I'm like, of course there would be a body shop, why not? So we, we think on two different wavelengths. But if you haven't seen Wolf Cop and you enjoy things that are ridiculous, over the top, and yeah, I know I just said <laughs> about Punisher Warzone that when it goes too far, but when you have the first installment of a film like The Punisher, the first one with Thomas Jane Travolta from 2005, 2008, I don't remember when it was. When you have that, and there's a serious tone throughout, and then the next one is this over-the-top comic book style, big guns, flashy this and that, I don't know, it kind of takes me out. And I know there are movies, movie franchises where that kind of stuff has kind of happened, and in some cases I'll forgive it, but that one, it just, eh, I don't know, Warzone just didn't seem like it would be good, it just seemed like... Hey, look, comic books, explosions, guns, Punisher, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Wolf Cop. If you enjoy, <laughs> I'm going back to this, if you enjoy indie films that are fun, especially if they're horror films, if you like horror films, this is a good one, that have good comedy, uh, the plot might be a little meandering here and there, there may not be a coherent through line all the way to the end of the movie but if you like stuff like that you're willing to forgive a meandering plot and are someone like me who enjoys very well done practical effects check out wolf cop if you have shutter it's on there so there's my little quick and easy movie part now Something I really want to talk about here. And this isn't going to be a full hour-long episode. This is going to be however long I decide to talk about this subject. I wrote a blog last week and posted it up at skewerdhead.com about WWE and AEW. Those who don't know, World Wrestling Entertainment, All Elite Wrestling. For anyone who's been listening, you know I do enjoy professional wrestling. I've been... A, I was a fan of WWE... As a child growing up, my best friend Eddie introduced me to like WrestleMania 3. And from there, it just stemmed to watching the weekly shows that were on, you know, superstars. And God, I can't even remember what some of the other shows were wrestling. I think it was Challenge or something like that. The weekend shows. There weren't weekly shows back then. You had weekend shows, you had pay per views. We get the pay per views, we would watch. 
Survivor Series when it was actually on Thanksgiving, if anyone remembers that. So it was fun. We'd switch back and forth. You know, my parents were always like, yeah, we can get the paper. It's only 30 bucks. Yeah, before it became 60, it was like 30 bucks. Fucking highway robbery now. But anyway, so I put up this blog talking about how I've kind of fallen out of love with WWE. I'm still checking stuff to see if they turn it around. But I'm embracing these other promotions out there, like Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, which is a new kid on the block. You know, there's uh, WOS Wrestling out of the UK. There's all sorts. I mean, there's CZW and all this shit out there that anyone can find if they just look online. And recently, I've been really looking into the other stuff. And a lot of it stems from wanting to see where the former Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, or should say returning to his indie moniker of John Moxley, is going to go. I'm interested because once I saw his video when his contract with WWE was up, that made me excited to see what was coming. When I found out he was part of AEW, I was like, this is huge. Listening to his Jericho interview, he says he feels reinvigorated. He's like an 18-year-old kid. I sat through, shit, probably an hour of ads and promotions and talking about signing up for the newsletter and blah, 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 premium membership for the Wade Keller podcast to listen to his Moxley interview. And that was, that was exciting to hear so much shit going on. And I I recommend both interviews, the Jericho and the Keller. Just keep in mind, Keller puts in a lot of promotions. There's ads, which ads happen. Jericho promotes stuff too, but I mean, Keller will talk for about 15 minutes before the interview about what the interview is about, then how you can get back episodes of the podcast, how you can get back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter going back all the way to the mid-80s. For me, I just wanted to get to the interview. So I was driving, so I was like, okay, it's it's filler. I'll just listen to it. But it was a good hour. It's a two-part interview, but I came away knowing the interview was worth it to listen to how he felt in WWE and how he feels now. Moxley is ready to show everyone what he can do. I'm excited. It's kind of like when Cody left and he reinvented himself. He asked for his release. Vince said, okay, bye. He goes to Ring of Honor. He goes to New Japan. He reinvents himself. He becomes part of the elite. He's in Bullet Club. All this stuff. I see Moxley having that same thing. I mean, fuck, he already went to New Japan and in his debut, had a hell of a match with Juice Robinson and beat him for the N- NJPW United States Champion or the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. That's that's saying a lot. Because I don't think there's a whole lot of guys who in their debut with New Japan would go in there and take a championship on their first night. So there's something about Moxley that these guys are on board with and we have fighter fest coming up on june 29th uh, i'm i'm not even looking at wwe shows for the future i mean there is stomping grounds coming up they just had super showdown in saudi arabia which i'm not watching those saudi arabia shows 
not to get political, but it's kind of a lot of bullshit going on over there. So, yeah, I'm not – even if it's on the network and it's essentially free to watch for me because I paid for three months of the network, I'm not giving it my time. And it sounds like Stomping Grounds, which the name alone is kind of shitty. It's a bunch of rematches from WrestleMania and Super Showdown and stuff we've seen. Because they can't build up new guys, it's constantly the same matches over and over and over. And SmackDown is a copy of Raw. It's it's ridiculous. You have Shane McMahon on TV, both shows, this wildcard rule, which... If you're going to have a wildcard rule, just, just end the brand split. Because I don't know if any of you remember back when SmackDown first started, I believe it was 1999. Storylines carried through from Raw... To SmackDown. Hell, even fucking Sunday Night Heat had some of that storyline going in. And then it built to a pay-per-view. Now it's like, oh, well, the story on Raw is the same as what's on SmackDown. They're just two shows. Well, we have a brand split. And there's this wild card rule. Shane McMahon is the best. Get the McMahons off TV. There's one way to stop your product being so shit. Second is, you have guys like Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens... You know, you have Xavier Woods and Big E who have shown they can do stuff. Big E's a former Intercontinental Champion, yet you bury him and you bury the New Day. Except for Kofi Kingston, you finally gave him something with the WWE Championship. But yeah, I'm inventing my frustrations out here in a vocal form because the blog wasn't enough for me. As someone who grew up loving watching Hogan and The Warrior, you know... Seeing Kerry Von Erich as a Texas Tornado. Yeah, I remember that. And I've been watching that Vice show, too. Touch on that in a minute. Just my seat here. As someone who grew up watching this stuff and loving it and seeing Jake the Snake Roberts have Damien. No, it wasn't Damien. It was, was it Lucifer. God, was the Cobra's name Lucifer? Damien was the Python. Yeah, Lucifer, the Cobra, bite Randy Savage in the middle of the ring. Insane. Insane. The whole, you know, Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter, the match made in hell, and then Elizabeth and Randy get married, the match made in heaven at SummerSlam. It was, that's the stuff I remember, these storylines. I remember it being good. Even now, as an almost 40-year-old man, I remember being intrigued with what was going on. Now, I don't give a shit. There's nothing intriguing. You introduce women's tag team titles and do nothing with them. You put the tag team champions for smack tags. See, I'm fumbling over my words here, but I'm leaving it in. You put the SmackDown tag titles on Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Oh, I'm sorry, Rowan, because he can't have a first name. And I hear nothing about it, which I don't get. The Raw tag titles apparently are just hot potatoes around whoever they want to try to keep to re-sign a new contract. It's back on the Revival, and the Revival were a great tag team. I went back and watched some of their NXT stuff. Solid team getting treated like a mid-card joke. Your Intercontinental title no longer, like back in the day, meant, hey, this guy who's the Intercontinental champion is probably going to vie for the heavyweight title very soon, so keep an eye on him. Now it's like, well, hey... Here's a shiny belt for you because you're too small to be with the big guys. The fuck is that shit? And the U.S. title is about the same. 
It's on Samoa Joe, who is a heavyweight contender. He should be in the top, the top title fight, and yet he's relegated to mid card. And they have no story for these guys. They they just they waste so much talent. They call up these guys from NXT. Ricochet should be up there in the title picture because you know what? I would love to see a Seth Rollins Ricochet Universal Universal title match. That will never happen. The fact that Rollins has the title at all right now amazes me because Vince is all about Brock Lesnar and the biggest guys. So it's going to be amazing if he decides to pluck Jackson Riker out of the Forgotten Sons in NXT and drop him over on the main roster. Oh, he's big. He's strong. He can be a champion. Everyone should be big like him. It's fucking ridiculous. So I've... I've only enjoyed... And some of you may not think this is cool. I I think it can be good if they if somebody knows what they're doing. And from what I've heard, the man behind this, the wrestler, these superstars they call him, the creative force behind this has been Bray Wyatt himself. And of course, I'm talking about Firefly Funhouse. That's been the only part I've enjoyed. That's it. They're interesting. They're intriguing. They're dark. They're twisted. They're kind of funny at times. But it's something different. And I'm just afraid that soon enough they're going to fuck it up. They screwed up Bray's character once before. They can do it again. So, yeah. Bottom line. I am not... (sighs) I'm not excited about anything WWE anymore. I used to be. Hell, Becky Lynch just last year and earlier this year I was like, okay... Yeah, let's see where this goes. And they have thrown a blanket to smother that fire so quick. It's like, you guys, what did you do? What are you guys doing? I mean, nothing to me makes sense. Wild card and Shane McMahon on every show. He's got Drew McIntyre, who again is a heavyweight contender. He should be in the top title picture. Is relegated to being a lackey. For either Shane McMahon or Baron Corbin, depending on who's leading this mid-card Axis Powers, whatever shit they got going on. Anyway, I mentioned uh, the show on Vice. The uh, Let me look it up here so I know exactly what the name of it is. Because right now I'm drawing a complete blank. Hang on. Dark Side of the Ring. Okay, Dark Side of the Ring. So I started watching that a while back, and I started with the story of Bruiser Brody. They covered that. And, wow. I knew Brody was killed, but I didn't know the circumstances around it and kind of what went down around that whole thing. So for me, not knowing more than he was in Puerto Rico and got stabbed. Wow. It was it was crazy. So I watched that one. There was one on the Montreal screw job, screw job, which I watched. We all know Vince screwed over Brett. Brett wasn't supposed to drop the title to Sean. Sean was in on it. Sean wasn't in on it. That whole thing. Brett went to WCW and Goldberg effectively ended his career there. But it, there, there was some interesting stuff that I heard and some things here and there. And 
one of the things for me that was a highlight was hearing Jim Cornette bitch about Vince Russo and Vince Russo bitch about Jim Cornette because those two guys do not like each other. And I wouldn't mind seeing them just get into a fucking steel cage and beat the shit out of each other. Just saying. They had one about Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, which if you watched wrestling back in the day and you followed it through till now, you would know that story for the most part. There's a few things here and there I didn't really know about. I'm not going to go into details. I think everyone should watch these shows. They're really good. And they had... What was the other one I watched? I'm looking it up again because I want to see. Ah, The Last of the Von Erics. That was... That was sad. Like, I knew the circumstances around the Von Erich family. You know, starting with Fritz. And you had all these other guys. You have so much tragedy in that family. I mean, sons killing themselves. And it's just really sad what these guys went through knowing, hearing firsthand, and there's one member of the family left, and his two sons are getting ready to debut in New York as professional wrestlers very soon. Uh, so that that could be very good for the Von Erics. That could be some positivity coming from all that negativity and just death and sadness. It was ugh. it was a hard watch. It was a hard watch. It was about as hard as watching Bruiser Brody. And let's see, the match made in heaven. That was Elizabeth and Randy Savage, Montreal Screwjob, killing a Bruiser Brody, which, man. The last of the Von Erics. The mysterious death of gorgeous Gino. I knew nothing of Gino Hernandez, but I watched this episode anyway because it's pro wrestling and it's interesting. And... Wow, that one. Whew. I thought the story was going one way, and then I find out it ends up going this way. And I say story because they're telling the story of his life leading up to his death, which was very mysterious until they finally kind of put the pieces together and figured it out. And insane. Insane. And I guess back on May 15th, they released one about the Fabulous Moolah, which I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube, and I'll let you guys know what I think about it when I get a chance to see it. So staying in this vein of pro wrestling here, and you guys know, Skewered Universe, I talk about whatever comes to my head. That's how we roll. That's how this show goes. Yeah, I've done movie reviews and TV shows and mini-sodes and this and that. I've been on a pro wrestling kick. I mean, I'll watch it all the time. I'll look on YouTube and watch highlights of New Japan and Ring of Honor. That's how I found the John Moxley, Juice Robinson, NJPW, IWGP, US title match. There's clips that I saw online from Moxley versus Darby Allen. There's, you know, cl clips from, uh, what the hell was that? Double or Nothing, the follow-up pay-per-view to All In, which was the first official AEW event where John Moxley made his debut there. Not in-ring debut, just his debut as part of the All Elite roster. I bumped my mouse if you hear that click. Um, it's been, and I'm saying um a lot, but I'm trying to get all my thoughts together here. This is being recorded on the fly in the house. I had a free moment, decided to get the mic out and do something. So All Elite Wrestling, we all know, came together when Meltzer said, 
yeah, you know, Ring of Honor, these guys that can't sell out a big arena like WWE. Cody took the challenge. They did all in. It sold out. He met with Tony Khan, brought in the Young Bucks, brought in Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, these guys, and AEW was formed. They've signed Jericho. They've signed Christopher Daniels and SoCal Uncensored. They've got all this talent coming in. The Lucha Brothers, Moxley now. They're signing all these guys. I think Jimmy Havoc is now officially part of AEW. There's there's talent there. There are several women wrestling. I think Britt Baker was signed. There, there's talent there. And I'm excited because this is something we haven't, I've not seen in my years, my almost 40 years of watching professional wrestling. There has not been another company to step up and be like, hey, we're providing a direct alternative to the normal WWE stuff. Nobody's done that. Ring of Honor's like, hey, we're here. All these others, hey, we're here. New Japan's like, we don't even give a shit about WWE. We're our own thing. And I like that. But the last time we had a company kind of step up and be like, hey, we're here. You can watch us. It was WCW. And we all know how that went. So as long as Vince Russo is kept away from AEW, which they've all said they're not going to let him get near it, I have a feeling AEW is going to be a tremendous success. Is it going to be huge right away? Are they going to dethrone WWE? I talked about this in the blog. They're not going to do it right away. They may not do it ever. But they're going to be a solid alternative. And wrestling fans should be excited right now. And There's a lot of you out there, probably some that are listening to this, that say, well, they weren't any more than a t-shirt company until they did double or nothing. I don't know why that's a thing. They were signing people. They were getting stuff ready. They were negotiating a TV deal. And yeah, they're only a t-shirt company. Okay, maybe you're just hardcore WWE fans. Maybe you just don't want to give them the time of day. That's fine. I just, I don't get the hate. It's like, they're just going to give you more of what you like to watch. And if you are hardcore WWE, there's nothing else out there. Nothing else is as good to you. Nothing else is as fun. More power to you. You are finding something about the product that I can't find. I listened to a podcast the other day, and they said, maybe it's not meant for people you know, over 30. Maybe this is a kid's product. I, I don't think so. I just think they have people in charge, <laughs> who are out of touch with what the fans want. If you get people in there who understand the product that the fans want, and I'm not, I, I mean, this is make, gonna make me sound like a dick. Not the casual fans, the fans who are watching all sorts of wrestling. They're watching the hardcore stuff. Maybe not death matches. Death matches is a is definitely for a certain group of wrestling fans. I've seen a few clips from some and. Even me, I'm like, maybe the same for me. I don't know. I don't know if I can watch it. Casual fans, I think, are more interested in WWE. They can kind of catch up what's going on. And with there being no through storyline, they don't have to worry about, well, why is this guy feuding with this guy? And then next week, nothing is coherent. So, last few things I'm going to say. I'm excited about AEW. I want to see where it goes. I want it to do well. I still keep up on WWE just because there's they've been a part of my life for so long. 
I mean, hell, my buddy Kevin and I in high after high school, we would go to Anaheim Pond or Staples Center to watch Raw or SmackDown. Hell, we went to fucking WrestleMania 2000 at the Arrowhead Pond. I ain't calling it the Honda Center. It's the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. Fight me. Fight me on the name. <laughs> no, I, it's, the Honda Center sounds stupid. It's the pond. It will always be the pond. I'm going to call it the pond. We saw WrestleMania 2000 there. How we ended up getting tickets, I don't know. We just decided we're going to save up and get tickets, and we sat in the top. We were looking down on top of the ring from inside the pond. But damn, was it a fun time. And those those house shows we went to. Insane. Seeing the Raw and SmackDown tapings. It was it was so much fun. So there's 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 so many good memories tied to WWE that I don't want to just write them off. And in the past I had stopped watching for years. Kind of kept up here and there, like, oh, what's this NWO thing going on? WCW? Oh, what's What's going on over here? Oh, oh shit, what's this? So I wasn't around for the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I damn sure caught up right towards the beginning and saw the progression. Saw the beginnings of The Rock. You know, saw the beginnings of the entire Attitude Era. And now I'm not saying WWE needs another Attitude Era, but they need to step it up or else companies like AEW are going to end up showing them that their product is a lot worse than they think it is. Higher-ups in that company, I'll say, Vince, I'm not going to cough this time. Vince doesn't know what the fans want. It's big names, big entrances, here's this, here's that. Here's the same four guys fighting every week, night after night on SmackDown and Raw. It does not make sense to me. Now, I'm not saying I could go in there and, and book a show better than he could. But damn it, I know what I like, and I don't like what I'm seeing. It's it's poor quality, bottom line. So that's where I'm going to end it. Uh, I'm heartbroken over what the product of WWE is, but I'm excited for the future of pro wrestling with AEW. And I got to say, I can't say enough, guys. Go... Go look up that New Japan match between John Moxley and Juice Robinson. And make sure to watch their promos after the match, too. Because Juice Robinson, I've been a fan for, for a little while now, catching his matches in New Japan. When I had my subscription for a while, the New Japan world. He's great. He's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. But that promo he delivered after that match... There was a fire and an intensity coming out of Juice that I had never seen before that point. And it was awesome. And it made me excited to see where it goes. So that's it. I'm going to call it here. 31 minutes. I'm not going to talk anymore about this because <laughs> you guys can get better wrestling news from anywhere. But this is just how I feel right now. Excited for the future of professional wrestling. But I'm also heartbroken at where the company that started my love where professional wrestling is gone. So until next time I talk to you guys, which hopefully, hopefully will be soon. Uh, not real sure. Schedule's kind of off. I know I said once a month, but things are crazy. Things are crazy. I'm going to be going back to California over the 4th of July weekend or holiday. It's not really over the weekend. So maybe I'll get something there. It's a couple of weeks away. 
So I'm really excited to go back to California again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of living in California because it's fucking expensive, even though I've grown up there my whole life. But I'm excited to go back. So that's where my family, my friends, and especially my fiance are. It may sound sappy, but uh, it's weird. It's hard being away from them, but uh, it's going to be fun to go back. So that's when the next time I'll record. But I'm in California over the 4th of July holiday. I will talk to you guys then. So until then, enjoy your time. And I hope you enjoyed listening to my rantings about this. Because I needed to get more out, obviously, because the blog wasn't enough. You know, fuck me, right? I got to keep talking. But that's what we do as podcasters. We talk. We convey what we feel about stuff. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, keep enjoying that universe that's just a bit. Well, skewered. Find the podcast at skeweruniversepodcast.podbean.com. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Search for Skewered Universe Podcast. Contact the show by emailing us at skeweruniversepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at skeweru, Facebook at the Skewered Universe group page, and Instagram at skewered underscore universe.